0: Welcome to today's program. I can see you sitting right there. And I'm so glad that you've let me come in to your space with you. And not just me, but Denise is with me. And Denise, you look beautiful too. Well, thank you, Rick. Thank you for having me on your program. Well, I'm very blessed you're with me today. We're talking about powerful women. In fact, we've been talking about powerful women all week. On Monday, we talked about Eve. On Tuesday, we talked about Noah's wife. We don't even know her name. But she changed history. There's a lot of invisible women that change history. Then we talked about Sarah, a woman that began very rude, very crude, but God turned her into a princess. I am so thankful that God works in our character and he changes us, both men and women. Then yesterday we saw a very ungodly example of a woman that had a lot of power and a lot of influence who did not submit to the dealings of God. And that was Jezebel. That was pretty powerful, Denise. That was really powerful. And today we're going to see the next woman, but we're going to discuss that in just a moment. But I want to tell you that if you need prayer, please reach out to us. We believe in prayer. We pray when people call us or write to us. So the moment you call or send us your email, we're going to really begin to put our prayer together with you. It is amazing to me that God responds to our prayers the way that He does, but He promises in Jeremiah 33:3 that if we call out to him in faith, he'll hear us, he'll answer us, and he'll do mighty things. And we have so many testimonies of people that have reached out to us for prayer, and God has moved miraculously in their lives. So please, let us know how to pray for you. And remember that right now we're offering you the brand new series called Ten Powerful Women. Women are powerful. They are powerful. And I want you to study this series with me and Denise to see 10 powerful women in the Bible and what you can learn from their lives. It comes in multiple formats, and it comes with a study guide. The study guide is so wonderful. It has all the points, all the principles. Everything in this series is also in the study guide. And we're also offering you the book called all the women of the Bible. Everything you wanted to know about the women of the Bible, what women of the Bible teach us today, it covers 400 named and unnamed women of the Bible. It is such an amazing resource. And from now until October, we're offering you our brand new autobiography. People have been asking for this for years and years and years. We have lived quite an adventure, so we put it into print, and it is available at a radical discount on our ministry website store right now. And the autobiography is called, Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the End of the Earth. I'm so grateful for what God has done in our lives by grace. It is amazing, By the grace of God, we begin. By the grace of God, we stand. By the grace of God, we continue. And it's all in this unlikely story. And the back of the book says, if you're ready to read a true life story that will stir your faith to launch out and experience your own unlikely adventure, this is the book for you to read. I know you will devour it. And Denise, it's not just a story. It is filled with teaching from beginning to the end. So please order yours today and let us know how to pray for you. We'll be back in just
1: a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick.
0: Welcome back to the program. Today, Denise and I are going to talk to you about the next woman in this series, about 10 powerful women. And as I've shared, we've already covered Eve. Then we covered Noah's wife, Sarah, Jezebel. And today we're going to talk about Bathsheba, the wife of King David. But for our purposes, we're going to call her the adulteress who became a godly wife. It is quite a story. But I have my Bible. Do you have your Bible, Denise? I have my Bible. And Rick, this
2: story gives me hope.
0: Well it's an amazing story. (laughs) but You know Denise, people talk about King David and the fact that he committed adultery and his adultery is legendary. But you don't commit adultery by yourself. You have to have a willing partner to commit adultery. If a man is an adulterer then there has to be an adulteress who participated and that was Bathsheba. And so today we're going to study about Bathsheba what she did that was wrong, and what God ultimately did in her life. It is a story about how God can change anyone's life. The story of David and Bathsheba can be found in Second Samuel chapter 11 and verse one, so that's where we're going to begin today. And the Bible says, "And it came to pass after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. And David tarried still at Jerusalem. He did not go to war as he should have done. And verse 2 says, And it came to pass at an evening time that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful, to look upon. Denise, many scholars say that Bathsheba deliberately exposed herself at that time of the night because she knew David would be walking on the roof of his house. So I think we have to make it clear that there were two partners in this sin. It wasn't just David, it was David and Bathsheba. And the Bible goes on to say in the next verse And David sent and inquired after the woman and said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam? The wife of Urah the Hittite. Now wait, wait, wait. Urah the Hittite was one of his mighty men and was one of his closest associates. He knew exactly who he was looking at. He knew this was the wife of his friend and mighty man, Uriah. Verse 4. And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house So this was a secret arrangement because Uriah was not home. He was at the front lines fighting in battle. Verse 5, And the woman conceived, well, that was not expected. So she sent word to David and told him, I am with child. She knew that she was in trouble because when Uriah came home, he was going to come home to a wife that was pregnant and he would know it was not his child. They were in serious trouble. Their sin was about to be found out. Verse 6, and David sent to Joab saying, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. Verse 7, and when Uriah was come unto him, David demanded of him how Joab did, and how the people did, and how the war prospered, or David feigned to be very concerned about what was happening with his friends and what was going on with the war. But the truth is, David was not concerned about them. David was concerned about himself and was trying to set about a plan to cover his tracks and to cover his deed. Verse 8, And David said to Uriah, Go down to thy house and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. And the intention was David was sending him home to his wife, So that he would sleep with his wife, and then later on when he discovered that she was pregnant, he would think that it was his child, but in fact David was trying to cover his sin. Then verse 9 says, But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, and went not down to his house. And verse 10, And when they told David, saying, Uriah went not down to his house, David said unto Uriah, Aye, camest thou not from thy journey? Why then didst thou not go down to thy house? Verse 11, And Uriah said unto David, The ark and Israel and Judah abide in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go into my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife, as thou livest and as my soul livest? I will not do this thing Uriah was a man of integrity, integrity. And verse 12 says, David said to Uriah, Tarry here today also and tomorrow I will let thee depart. So Uriah abode in Jerusalem that day and on the morrow, verse 13. And when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him, and he made him drunk. And at evening he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but went not down to his house Maybe Uriah got drunk, but his integrity was so strong that even in the state of drunkenness, he would not violate his integrity. Verse 14, And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab, and listen to this, sent it by the hand of Uriah. It was really the death warrant for Uriah. Uriah was carrying his own death warrant in his hand and did not know what he was carrying. Verse 15, And David wrote in the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, then retire from him that he may be smitten and die. This was a plan hatched to kill Uriah because David knew that he was in trouble because Bathsheba was pregnant. Verse 16, And it came to pass when Joab observed the city that he assigned Uriah unto a place where he knew that the valiant men were. Verse 17, And the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, and there fell some of the people of the servants of David, and Uriah the Hittite died also. My friend, David killed Uriah. This was murder, and it is likely that it was also done with the knowledge of Bathsheba. The two of them were hatching a plan to cover their sin. Wow. Then, the next verse says, Verse 18, then Joab sent and told David all the things concerning the war, and they brought a report to David that said, in verse 24, And the shooters shot from off the wall upon thy servants, and some of the king's servants be dead, and thy servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. So now David knows the problem is solved. Uriah is dead. But in verse 26, the Bible says, And when the wife of Uriah, that is Bathsheba, Heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. Uncertain that this mourning had to do with guilt, it had to do with shame, it had to do with grief. She knew that she was partially responsible for the murder of her husband, who probably had been a very good man to her. Then the Bible tells us in verse 27 And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her, that is Bathsheba, to his house. And she became his wife and bare him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. But David and Bathsheba hatched this plan together thinking their sin was covered. This is precisely why later David wrote in the book of Psalms that he that covers his sin will not prosper. How did he write that? Because he learned it is never good to cover your sin. It's better to confess and to receive forgiveness. But... The prophet Nathan showed up, and we read about that in chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. This is Nathan the prophet. And he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in the city, the one rich and the other poor. Verse 2. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds. Verse 3. But the poor man had nothing save one little lamb, which he had brought, and nourished up, and it grew up together with him, and with his children, it did eat his own meat, and drink of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. Verse 4. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock, and of his own herd, to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took of the poor man's lamb, and dressed it for the man that was come unto him. Verse 5, and David's anger was greatly kindled against the man that he was hearing about. And David said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. But in fact, it is exactly what David had done. Nathan was describing David. And then when you come to verse 7, Nathan said to David, David, you are the one, thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel. I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. Look at everything that I have done in your life. Verse 8. I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom and gave thee of the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Verse 9. Wherefore Thou hast despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight. Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Verse ten. And has taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Verse thirteen. David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Here. We see the heart of David. David was quick to repent. And when he was confronted by Nathan the prophet, David immediately acknowledged what he had done. He would no longer hid it. He acknowledged it, and he began to repent. But nearly a whole year lapsed between the crime and the confrontation. Almost a whole year. And David and Bathsheba thought no one knew. Now, the question arises, why didn't Nathan confront him sooner? Well, maybe God had not sooner revealed it, or maybe it took a year for Nathan the prophet to work up the nerve to go confront David. He was confronting his king. But David and Bathsheba repented. And that is why we have the 51st Psalm. The wonderful 51st Psalm. Listen to what it says in verse 1. To the chief musician, a psalm of David... David wrote this, when Nathan the prophet came to him after he had gone to Bathsheba. And listen to what David writes in this psalm. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. He's talking about what he did to his friend Uriah and the sin that he committed with Bathsheba, look at verse 2, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin. Verse 3, for I acknowledge my transgressions, for my sin is ever before me. Denise, do you know what he's talking about? He's talking about Bathsheba. Every time he looked into the face of his wife, he saw a wife that he stole from a friend, a friend that he murdered. Every time he looked into the face of Bathsheba, His sin was in front of him. He said, my sin is ever before me. Verse 7, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. That word hyssop is important because hyssop refers to a deep, deep, deep cleaning. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Verse 8, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. He's talking about the influence and the effect of repentance in his life. God had broken him because of his sin. Verse 9, hide thy face from my sins, blot out mine iniquities. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Verse 11, cast me not away from thy presence, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12, restore unto me the joy of my salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then if you would look at verse 14, deliver me from blood guiltiness. He knew that he was guilty of shedding blood. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Finally, verse 16, for thou desirest not sacrifice, else I will give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. Verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. And David had a broken and a contrite heart, and not only David, but also Bathsheba. And when you come to 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24, the Bible says, David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in unto her. David repented. Bathsheba repented. The two of them found a place of repentance, confessed what they had done, and found forgiveness. It is so powerful. An adulteress and a co-conspirator in murder, that was Bathsheba. But she became such a godly, godly woman that it was Bathsheba who wrote the words in Proverbs 31 about a godly wife. Listen to these words. They were penned by Bathsheba to her young son Solomon. Proverbs 31.10 from the New Living Translation. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife. She is more precious than rubies. Verse 11, her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. Verse 12, she brings him good and not harm all the days of his life. Verse 28, her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. And then listen to what she says in verse 29, there are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all She's describing a godly wife. Verse 30, Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Those words, which women everywhere read, were written by Bathsheba, who committed adultery, hatched a scheme to cover her sin, understood David was going to kill her previous husband, and apparently she gave her vote in favor of it. Then she mourned and was guilty, shamed for what she had done, confronted by the prophet Nathan, and David and Bathsheba repented and confessed their sin, and this woman who was an adulteress and a co-conspirator in her previous husband's murder became a godly, godly wife. And it makes me want to ask you a question. How about you? Did you start out wrong in your marriage? This was a marriage that started out wrong. It was a marriage that began in sexual impurity. Maybe your marriage started out wrong and began with sexual impurity. But I want to tell you, just like there was redemption and restoration with Bathsheba, and God blessed them when they repented, if you will repent and say, God, I am sorry, there is Restoration available to you. And not only restoration, God will put His hand of blessing on your marriage. God blessed David and Bathsheba. He blessed them. And if you feel you have anything in your past that haunts you, don't live under that. Take it to the cross. The cross is for you. Receive forgiveness. God will bless your life, He will restore you. But I have to end today with the words of David in psalm thirty one verse one now you 'll understand why David wrote this. Listen to the words of David, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, and whose sin is covered. That is what the blood does for you, and that is what the grace of God did for David and Bathsheba, a woman who was an adulteress, but she became a godly wife. God can turn it around for anyone who has a heart to be changed. We'll be back in just a moment
1: and we're going to pray for you. Women are powerful and very influential, but what kind of power and influence they have depends on what has happened inside their hearts. The Bible tells us of women like Jezebel, a woman who had no touch of God in her heart and used her influence to destroy her husband, her sons, and her nation. But the bible also gives examples of women who were supportive godly helpful and delivering in this amazing ten part series ten powerful women with rick and denise renner you will learn about an unnamed woman who changed history a woman god radically changed a woman who saved her nation a woman who was delivered of demons by jesus a woman who gave her living room to jesus a woman preacher in the new testament Whether you are a man or a woman, this powerful series will help you embrace who God wants you to be and is available in digital or physical format starting at just $20. In addition, we are also offering you the book, All the Women of the Bible. The world needs men and women to embrace their God-given destiny and to make a difference in the lives of those around them. This book is filled with examples of 400 named and unnamed women of the Bible, and it is amazing. We know it will be a blessing to you. This insightful book by Herbert Lockyer can be yours for just $19. Don't miss this special offer. This series, Ten Powerful Women, and the book, All the Women of the Bible. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
2: Well, they will call and say, I just happened to come across this this man and his demeanor and his, uh, he has such a peace about him. And I really like the fact that he is so versed in the Word of God, so versed in uh, what he's teaching on. You can tell he really puts the time into it. But he's also easy to listen to because um, I, you know, Pastor Rick is operating in his gift. And within that gift, there is um, a certain circle of people that may not Always follow certain teachings, whether it be on healing or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe that wasn't their background, but the way Pastor Rick's demeanor is, and because of his um, study of the Word, they take the time to listen. I've prayed with a lot of people that have been saved their whole life, been in church their whole life, and said, He makes me trust that if I call you and ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that I'm getting something that's scriptural. And so that that just blesses me. And then we talk to a lot of people from other countries. I I mean, we talk to people all over the world. Some people call in and think that we're in Russia. And we're like, no, this is his stateside office. He does have an office in Russia. But we talk to people. I mean, I just talked to someone this morning from Norway. We talked to people from Canada. We talked to people from India. So it's not just within the United States. We're talking to people all over the world. And we're reaching the whole world from right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's exciting. I think it was a great connection for them. So many people are isolated, have been isolated, and they were fearful, and they found a place where they could be encouraged, taught, strengthened, prayed for, and people who loved on them and cared for them.
0: My friend, we are growing as a ministry. People are responding to the teaching of the Bible. They're reaching out to us for resources, for prayer, and for ministry, and God has given us the awesome responsibility of ministering to them, and we need more space to do it. So would you please pray about becoming a part of the giving team to help with our ministry expansion project. I am so glad that you've been with me and Denise today. Denise, I didn't let you talk much today. That's okay, Rick. Honey, we had a lot of verses to cover today, but thank you so much for being. I feel your strength and your support here. As we're talking about how the grace of God can change a woman's life, it can change a man's life, it will change anyone's life. But Bathsheba was a powerful, powerful woman that God changed. God turned an adulteress. Into a godly, godly woman. That is amazing.
2: It's amazing. And Rick, in this this series, I think this is a blessing for women, for myself, to know all that we can about what the grace of God has done for women in the Bible. It's a tremendous encouragement.
0: Well, the series we're talking about is 10 Powerful Women. You can order yours today by going online, or you can give us a call. Remember that it comes with a study guide. And we're also offering you right now the book which is called All the Women of the Bible, Everything You Wanted to Know, What Women of the Bible Teach Us Today. It covers 400 named and unnamed women in the Bible. I
1: want that book.
0: Honey, it is a tremendous book. <laughs> I you want that book. It. You will love it. <laughs> and remember that we're offering you right now at a radical discount on our ministry website store our new autobiography called Our Faithful Journey to the Ends of the Earth Un- Likely. If you feel you're unlikely, you're the one that God is pointing at. You're the one that He wants to use. But we want to pray for you. Father, we thank you for how the grace of God has changed all of us. Lord, all of us have found a place of forgiveness, and we thank you for that. We thank you that it doesn't matter who we were in the past. You can make us something new. You can make us what we need to be. We thank you for this. In the powerful name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with me and Denise. We'll be back next week together. But until then, remember, Ecclesiastes 8:4 where the word of a king is there's power.